Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to a book by Nancy Wilson called Virtuous, a study for ladies of every age. The book highlights what the Bible has to say about a Christian woman's highest duty and what it looks like to be a leading woman in one's community and what it means to pursue virtue when everyone else thinks it's no longer important. You can find Virtuous at canonpress.com. Well, hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is the Femina Podcast, and I'm Nancy Wilson. Today, we're going to talk about walking in joy. Let's start with Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor will thou compass him as with a shield. Just a couple things. Do you put your trust in the Lord? Then rejoice. All those that love his name be joyful. Do you love the Lord? Then we're called to be joyful. And this is such a, a wonderful commandment, as well as a description of what we are like as God's people. Psalm 33, 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise is beautiful. When we're walking uprightly, praise just glorifies us as we glorify God. It's a really interesting dynamic. But how beautiful joy is as compared to the opposite, and as you know, Psalm 68, 3, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. So who, who are we talking about? We're talking about the righteous. We're talking about everyone who puts their trust in him. And so we have good reason to be rejoicing. Why? Because God defends us. He shields us. And because praise is beautiful and because we love his name. I think this is real basic Christian living. This is not like the next level. This is just how we should live, basically. So I'm going to push it into the corners, but we're just going to start with the big general command. Whatever situation you are in, ladies, whether you're married with a family, or you're an empty nester, or a single mom, or a daughter, or a widow living on your own, or an unmarried woman who would like to be married, um, we are all to live joyfully before the Lord. And remember that. It is before Him. And if we're being joyful before Him, of course, we'll be joyful in the presence of others. But this is a kind of joy that should permeate everything we do. It shouldn't be an occasional thing, like on Sundays we rejoice in the Lord. No, it's not like visiting the beach. It should be living at the beach. So we are living joyfully. It's not that we have occasional moments where we rejoice. So what is joy anyway? I think we all know, you know, intuitively what joy is and what it looks like and how it feels. But let me give you more of a definition. It's an intense, deep, abiding satisfaction in the sovereignty of God, and it results in us giving thanks to Him. And when I say the sovereignty of God, it just means He's our creator. He's our maker. 
He has saved us from our sins. He has accomplished our salvation. And he governs the world in righteousness. And so all of our lives are before him, and he is governing every detail of it. He is the king. He is the maker. He bows to no one. We bow to him. And so we rejoice in him and what he has done for us. In fact, he is so good. He rejoices over us in Jude 24. If you're like me, you've heard this many times as a benediction, and it's a wonderful benediction. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. And amen. He himself is rejoicing over us. He's presenting us with joy. And so we are imitating our creator. We know, I mean, how could he have created this amazing world unless he was himself a very joyful creator? So when do we rejoice? Well, as I mentioned a minute ago, we're to rejoice all the time, like living at the beach, not just visiting it occasionally. Not that I'm so enamored of the beach life. I don't mean that. I'm just illustrating the point that it's where we live. It's not a place we go on vacation to visit. All right, Psalm 118.24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. All right, so today. Is this today? Well, then this is the day that God himself has made for us. So he calls us to be good stewards of this day and rejoice in it and be glad in it and be glad in him. Uh, Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is about no exceptions because we're always rejoicing in him and he never changes. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice evermore. (laughs) So I think this really covers the uh, every possible circumstance. Who gives us this joy? Do we just have to crank it up ourselves? No. Thank the Lord, no. Um, God himself gives us this joy. In Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so when we realize that God himself provides the joy, then we realize we aren't trying to crank it out ourselves like it's something we produce. No, he fills us with joy and peace in believing, in exercising our faith. Then um, how about this one? John 17, 13, Jesus speaking, and now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world. He's praying here. He's speaking to the Father. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus himself prayed for us that we would have his joy fulfilled in us. And then, oh my goodness, I do have a lot of verses. I'm just going to give you, (laughs) how about this one? Psalm 43, 4. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. So, 
Joy is something we are to offer to God. It's something he will fill us with. In 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, it says, Though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So joy is a, should be a consistent um, presence, should have a consistent presence in our lives as Christians because we're serving the Lord with joy and gladness of heart for everything. Um, Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48. I just can't leave any of these out. They're so pertinent. Because you did not serve the Lord thy God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you, in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. So we see that a lack of joy brings a real curse for disobedience, uh, this, this portion of Deuteronomy. So when we are not living like Christians, well, then God is going to set himself against us because we're not serving him with joy and gladness of heart for all the abundance of everything he's given us. And so a lack of joy is a sin, of course. And it is something that he disciplines us for. He wants us to be rejoicing and grateful people. He even promises to provide the joy. He's the source of joy. He has crowned everything with joy. And so we are to walk in that joy and that gladness of heart because we're serving him. And he's forgiven us of all of our sins. So, of course, he remembers our frame. He knows we're just flesh and blood, that we can't accomplish this on our own. I think back to before I was converted in college, I was so unhappy. And when I came to Christ, it was an amazing transformation. And so I'm to live that way, always. And not just at my conversion and not just on Christmas morning or not just on all the high points, but I'm to have joy throughout my whole life and joy in trials. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. How can we joy in trials? Well, because we are resting in his sovereignty. We know that he is the same regardless of our circumstances, and he's using these hard things in our lives to test us, to teach us. And it gives us opportunities when we have a trial. It gives us an opportunity to see how we're doing. And I think I may have said this before, but trials are not so that we can, so that God can see how we're doing. Trials are so we can see how we're doing. Are we belly flopping? Uh, Have we learned our lessons? You know, he's sanctifying us. He is accomplishing his work. He's preparing our souls for heaven and we're not there yet. So we are to rejoice in the Lord, not in, um, in the circumstances, but, but yes, in the circumstances, always and for everything giving thanks. So we say, thank you, Lord, for this trial. So whatever it is, we say, Lord, thank you for this trial. Now help me to steward it wisely, to rejoice in it, to pass the test and not to belly flop, and not to give way to moaning and complaining. Now, as Christian women, your attitude affects the people you live with, right? And so sometimes, let's say um, you're going through a rough time. Let's say you're married, 
And your husband has had, he's lost his job in these weird times, or he is sick, and you know this is a long-term sickness, or your finances have um, taken a hit during some of these hard times. So you want to walk through this trial with your husband, and you don't want to give him a second trial, which is, or a third or fourth, which is a discouraged wife, a wife who is also really having a, a struggle. You want to be trusting the Lord so that you can be an encouragement to him, saying, honey, we can trust the Lord together on this. I know how to cook up some beans and rice. We will be fine. We'll put salsa on them. <laughs> I mean, that, that you do not add to the troubles. Did you see that? And when you become discouraged, you're adding to your own troubles, not just to your husband's or your children, when they see that mom is really down. And that old adage, you know, when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, that didn't come from nowhere. I mean, that's real. We have a huge impact. If you're not married, it's your roommates or your friends. Or if you are a daughter and you're living at home when you're down, it's like your parents, it affects them as well. So we want, we want to be the kind of people who are a blessing to be around and not an affliction. <laughs> that we come with all of our afflictions front and center, that we are sort of have them all on display for everyone to see whenever they see us. Paul gives us so many good examples of this. In 2 Corinthians 6.20, he says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. So these two things are not inconsistent. If you have a grief, a sorrow, a burden, you don't have to pretend that you don't. It's like, no, you can be sorrowful with a true loss, but you're rejoicing in the Lord and you're trusting him. You can be poor, and you don't have to pretend that you're not poor, but you're making many rich. What does that mean? It means that you are blessing other people. You're sharing what you have, however poor you are, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. It's like realizing what you have in Christ. Now, I don't think this is easy. I think this is a pretty tall order. And yet, God enables us to live this way, and that's why we are such a mystery to the unbelievers. Colossians 1, 10 through 12, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. All right. That's a mouthful, isn't it? All right. We want to walk worthy of the Lord. We want to please him. This is not, like I said, a super Christianity. This is basic Christian living to be fruitful in every good work that he's given us to do, to work hard, to be growing in our knowledge of God. That means reading our Bibles, listening to the sermons, applying them, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power not our own. Thank the Lord. Um, and let me just say as a side note here, I have many times seen some kind of work he has called me to do where I feel about half an inch tall and the job itself is 10 feet tall. But let me just tell you, that's the right kind of job <laughs> because then I go into it saying, Lord, if you don't do this for me, 
I can't achieve it. I can't do this. You know, this is this job you give me is much bigger than I am. So I'm trusting you're going to fill in the gaps. You're going to accomplish this work through me by your power. And lo and behold, you know, when we are in that position and we're asking him to do that in us, we'll be surprised at what he does. And it's not about us. And then we glorify him because he did it. And then he goes on to say, into all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So patience and long-suffering. Do you have a call right now to be patient or long-suffering? Is there anything in your life that you are suffering through right now? Okay, then according to his power, you can do this with joyfulness. But you can't do it unless you're asking him to supply that. And giving thanks unto the Father, where we're choosing to give thanks, we're choosing to be joyful. Um, I think I've told you before that sometimes in the in uh, spicy moments, I have gone out of my way to make Sabbath dinner a little more festive, like a little better chocolate, a little nicer wine. You know, we are going to be joyful. We are going to count it all joy when we are in the midst of trials, as James tells us to do. And so this is, this is, should be a feature of our lives where we're choosing to be joyful. And so I want to just spend a couple of minutes on what it is that can be the killjoy. And several things come to mind. The first one is going to be anxiety. Anxiety is certainly a killjoy. When we have troubles or we see things looming, if we are anxious about these things, we need to choose to just get on our knees and give them to God. Lord, I'm being worried about next week. And so I'm giving it all to you right now. Help me to walk through it faithfully one day at a time. Help me to rejoice in you. Choose to just joy in the Lord through this all and not to give way to self-pity and worry because those are ugly pills. Those are killjoys. And the other thing that is a killjoy is ingratitude and complaining. You know, I think it was uh, Matthew Henry in his book, which I certainly commend to you. It's called uh, The Quest for Meekness and Quietness of Spirit. I think it's in that book where he says, if we make a lot of noise when we get hit by something, it's like we're a hollow jug. If you knock on a hollow jug, it makes a loud noise. He said, if it's full, it makes a very quiet noise. And we don't want to be hollow jugs that are just hollering and complaining about every little thing. It's too hot. It's too cold. This life is, is hard. <laughs> there are mosquitoes. <laughs> Whatever. As well as the big things. We want, when the big things come as well, to be trained. We have practice. We're, we've been practicing with the little things. We know what to do when it's a big one. And we know how to cast all of our cares on him and to ask him to give us courage and faith. A critical spirit, a spirit that's always finding fault, that is a killjoy right there. Also, when we don't confess our sins, that is a killjoy. It steals our joy away when we are just um, allowing ourselves to get away with things. All right, so let me wrap this up. Big topic big topic. Just as you go through your day, choose 
to not have any expectations for other people, but only for yourself. All right? Um, put on the gentle, quiet spirit we've talked about. Put on joy. Choose to rejoice in the Lord. Make a habit of counting your blessings. And put off every temptation to anxiety and worry. Put things right that need to be put right. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Confess your sins and transfer all your burdens to the Lord. Cast all your cares on him and then be prepared to whatever the Lord brings you this day that you will walk through it with faith and joy. Um, Bear with one another in love. Let love cover sins. All the little jostles and troubles and provocations to be prepared and say, oh, here's one that you want me to cover with joy. Oh, here's another one that you want me to rejoice in. And watch that conversation in your head, ladies. Remember, don't just listen to yourselves. You take command of that conversation. That's where you can be cultivating the gratitude and the joy and looking for ways. I mean, put the bouquet on the coffee table. You know, fluff up the pillows. Wipe the dust out of the (laughs) corners. Make your home a cheerful place to make it easier for everybody to rejoice with you. After all, we are just creatures and uh, we're not supernatural. But we have access to supernatural power in Christ, and he will fill us and he will enable us to do these things that he's called us to do. So blessings on your day, and thank you for joining me. 